0: I'm Angie Powers, I'm Elizabeth Stark, and And this this is Storymakers Storymakers Show. Show. And today on
1: Storymakers, well, let's start, well, we're going to talk about reaction shots. Reaction shots. Action and reaction. In prose and film. Okay. And wherever else you want to have a reaction. But first, Angie Powers, what are you working on? Well, mostly I've been in the kids' classroom for the past
0: few weeks. We're making
1: public service announcements.
0: Yes, so I'm working with the middle school, and we're making public service announcements and uh, on some pretty
1: heady, topic. topics. Not, not really heady. Not heady. Of, no. Uh, important. Intense. Important. And I'm let um the dog out while you tell our listeners?
0: <laughs> and that was me. I have two glasses of water next to each other, and that was not us doing a cheers. Unfortunately. No. Not-
1: Those days are gone. All right. So um, that's exciting. So you're kind of looking at some cool issues.
0: And teaching media.
1: And teaching media. So fantastic. I love it. Um, I printed out the newly typed manuscript. I, you know, I'd, I'd finished typing, I think, last episode, the main character. Then I had to finish typing this. B story. I didn't retype the C story because it seems like it's just working and put them all together and printed it out. And so now I'm editing it. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that this morning or yeah, this morning I read the first chapter and I sort of hated it. And I don't know if it's actually has these problems that I perceive or if I'm just bored of it or if it's just that beginning part, you know, it's hard to begin Because then I read chapter two just now, which we're going to look at a little bit today in the reaction shot conversation, and I was sort of fine with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I can edit it. I can always edit a page. But, um, you know, there's the, you can't edit a blank page, but there's also, you can always edit a printed page, even if it's done. Right. Right. But um, anyway, so... So I, now my goal, you know, which I did not make a lot of headway on today, is to read through this manuscript and edit it and fix it and send it on again, <laughs> begin the cycle again. Okay. Okay. Well, let's segue on into reaction, reaction shots. shots. Let's start with talking about your film, mm-hmm. Lost in the Middle, mm-hmm. and um, what you learned about the importance of reaction shots in, in the long editing process.
0: Well, I think I had theoretical understanding that really it was more when I saw it happen and mm-hmm. come together. It was much more like,
1: "Oh yeah!" And what is the um, what is the theory that you saw come together there? Just so because it's not everybody even.
0: Well, almost you know all of it is the reaction, especially almost with, all <laughs>
1: of the story, the, the emotion, the, the
0: emotion, the, the humor, you know. My performance is in some way like completely impacted by your response, mm-hmm. so I could be doing something amazing, but if your response is edited poorly, right um then it ends up feeling weird right so um, flat or... so reaction, especially in film because it's such a temporal um medium, is important because there's that timing piece, so pacing definitely like in in um prose, right you have control how how quickly you go to something
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think well, you even have,
1: you have that in film too right
0: I think that you have it more so in film ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go to what when you say go to something what do you mean
0: well let's say you have a joke right okay. and um, we'll put this in the show notes and I'm sure we have actually in the past but there's a wonderful recut of a scene from um, I think the Empire Strikes Back And it's Darth Vader in his little egg. And in the original, you know, the only thing I wish the YouTube folks had done was actually include the original. Because that's kind of fun. But, um, like, in the original, he's just, like, the egg opens. We see a little bit of his burned head. He turns around. And you can see that in that scene, part of what you're actually getting is just how um, corrupt physically and spiritually corrupt darth vader is and he's almost repugnant to this general who has to come he's like he's like well i'm a bad guy but i'm a little bit queasy looking at the back of your head and just knowing how kind of rotten inside and out you are and so that's a i, I read the scene that way there's just this moment where he's like well the scene is recut to be a complete comedy. And it is really funny, but the reaction shot is the important part in that. Because, you know, the egg starts to open, and then we cut to the general who has an expectant look. And then it closes. And then we cut back to the general who's, like, you know, annoyed. And so just the facial expressions from the same scene, it's the same footage. It's not like he brought in footage from other places, but put in a new direction his reaction to what Darth Vader is doing with his egg is uh, comedy gold.
1: <laughs> okay. And so the I was thinking anew of this importance of reaction shots because what I've been doing is trying to put in more emotion. And so, I, as I've mentioned several times, I listened to particularly a visit from the Goon Squad and the Keep kind of paying attention to how really each beat has kind of a particular emotional resonance like each beat is is has some explicit statement of emotion it felt to me I mean it Mm -hmm. seemed to me as I was really listening you know to these books that I had read and then I was listening to them as audiobooks so for a second time through and just you know that and and I was thinking of it in terms of reaction shot that that in prose maybe this kind of this explicit beat of here's how I take what just happened or here's what I'm going to do with it or here's what I'm imagining about the future. There's like different ways that this displays itself in prose, but I think it's functioning in the same way as the reaction shot. It really brings the meaning Mm -hmm. to whatever is happening. And people do less and more of this, right, depending on their stylistic druthers.
0: How they use subtext or that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, but I mean, these are people that I think, like Jennifer Egan, is someone I think of as being pretty sophisticated. Like she's mm-hmm. got a lot of chops in terms of. painting I didn't mean a scene. to imply not chops. No, no, but I think it's. I think that I expected. I I worked really hard on the side of being able to show emotion, being able to create emotion in the reader by giving them the world, by giving them the scene, the gestures, the actions, the juxtapositions, the relationships, all of that, which I think is incredibly important and then come to find that there's also this piece you know that we're going to kind of postulate is the reaction shot that is this like explicit note
0: Mm -hmm. that does something is this different than someone saying you know the house is on fire the children were running amok and you know the cat scratched my leg I was angry. Like, is that the kind of thing you mean when you say action shot? Yeah, reaction I mean, shot? yeah. You know,
1: maybe maybe I was angry would be like very on the nose, but it's pretty on the nose. Like, you know, it might be so, it might be like you know whatever my anger, blah blah blah. You know, it might be a slightly more literary. <laughs> um, but yes, that you know, and you can see in the the sentences that you've described, there's a there's an emotion in the chaos mm-hmm. and in the actions. Yes. But there's also something about coming back to the character and getting their, Mm -hmm. what they're grokking about it. And sometimes they're not exactly right. So when we look at those, I was angry moments, we're also, I mean, the the sophisticated reader is also uh, questioning how accurate a report of self that is, right? We're not just taking that as at face value entirely either.
0: Maybe. Yeah, no, I just, I ask because in part, I think that, um, you know, if you're doing a first person thing, so someone's talking in first person, I wouldn't actually call describing the feelings as a reaction shot versus um, I would, you know, so for me, a reaction. But you can't
1: say, like, my face fell. Do you know what I mean? It's like in a movie, in a movie with the point of view, you know, let's say you're following... Emma Thompson, right? you're gonna watch her face even though you're you're she's the character who' sort of you're relating to or whose interiority you would be in if it were mm-hmm. if it were a novel, instead you're seeing her face, for example. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a first person or really even a close third very effectively you know describe the face of the point of view character the expression
0: I agree um I would say maybe film is. You know, it is more it's completely constructed, so I don't want to say objective, but obviously it has certain um, aspects of being able to communicate exteriority in a way that it might be more challenging in the thing you're describing. But when you said reaction shots, for me, it's... Um, whatever the responses are to something to an event or an action. So it feels different to say like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, my house is on fire and the cat scratched me and I'm angry. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like a reaction shot.
1: Well, but maybe not. I'm angry. Cause maybe that's, you know, maybe I, I feel like I should go get a passage, you know, but, um, and we'll look at my, we'll look at my pages. Right. But I think, um, That in the reaction shot, you get, you know, you get some exterior view of the person Mm -hmm. who's having the reaction, but you get an emotion, right? That's what the reaction is. Right. So I think
0: that there's... But a reaction shot, just to say in film, is actually giving you feedback not just on that character, but how to read what you've just seen. So if you have a reaction shot that causes you to want to laugh... You know it's okay to laugh. If you have a reaction shot that um, mismatches your emotion, it actually keys you into how to feel. So I think the... But it's not from a character's point of view in the quite the same way, I think.
1: Well, I mean, obviously it's an entirely different thing what I'm talking about, but I think that it might actually serve...
0: A similar purpose, a bear,
1: yeah, like a very similar purpose. Like, here's the action. Here's what's going on. Now we're going to take a beat and see how this lands, what this means, what it, you know, what what the dynamic is here. And and mm. it might be between interiority and exteriority in prose, or it might be between two different characters, or it might be between the narrator who is looking back on this moment and sort of talking about what they were thinking or feeling or reacting to mm-hmm. what, what they were experiencing more in the flow of things. But all of that, I think, maybe in an interesting way, has something in common with the reaction shot and the importance of the reaction shot, that without it, without that... that an kind emotional of, guide. Yeah, exactly. An emotional guide. So maybe the reaction shot is a tool for mm-hmm. the emotional guidance, and so is these kind of more direct examinations of feeling. in Right. Photos. Yeah. we? Do you want to look at
0: this? Yeah, why don't you share? So what we're going to do right now is look at something Elizabeth has worked on. It's from her new novel. And uh, what we're actually looking at is an edit. So you're going to be reading what you originally wrote, and then you're going to share the edit you made. So I would...
1: I'm going to do a beat and then we'll do another beat. I'm just okay. going to do like a short, like a half page. And then maybe we'll do another one depending on the timing. Okay. Okay. So this is chapter two. And um, and I actually will say like I'm not yet even sure of all of them. Right. I'm, plan- I'm testing them.
0: Mm-hmm. So here we go. Which is not saying.
1: Not an apology. No. <laughs> because that's one of our rules. No apologizing. Okay. This is okay. Instead of going home, when we finally left the hospital, my father took me to his lab. The hospital attendant, a young blonde woman with big teeth, wheeled me out the front door while my father fetched the car. Assigned roles, we each played our part, but I had no idea what would happen once we left the only place I knew. Even under a shelter of gray cloud, the world was exceedingly bright. I squinted at it. In my hosp- I just want to say that she's 16 because if she's the only place she ever knew, people might think she was just born there. But she's lost her memory in an accident, so she's coming out now of the hospital. Um, in my hospital room, I'd begun to feel collected father, mother, photograph, bed, pillow, nurse, doctor, bandage, pills. A, num- a series of numbers made up my vital signs. I loved the numbers limited, measurable, tracked. In this context, I'd learned enough memory to function, and wasn't that as much as anybody needed? Outside the confines of the hospital, the world rushed at me from every side. Noise, smell, cold and heat, the wind against my clothes, in my hair. Everywhere I turned, something new leered. Posted signs and plants, cement-block buildings and lines of cars, bouquets of roses, carnations and chrysanthemums in buckets of water, Enormous bunches of balloons. My fingers against my throat, I counted the rapid throbs of my pulse, a grid to contain this onslaught. Behind me, the attendant gripped the handles of the wheelchair they'd insisted I leave in, though I would have preferred to walk. Fear assailed me. What if I didn't remember my father when he reappeared in this giant, unruly world? Okay, since you're looking at your watch, I'll stop there and just talk a little bit about what I added, okay? So, um. Actually, funnily enough, I added the detail of the, the hospital attendant being a young blonde woman with big teeth, and I stole that from Jimpala Harry because she just does those little di- those little character tags like all the time, and it's actually great. It's and I noticed. I mean, I noticed that with Jennifer Egan too. Just that that every character, and when we when we go through life, every character registers on some level to us, right? Even if we have just a momentary interaction with them, we hand someone a, a buck at a toll booth, or now it would be like our $25 bill. But anyway. Um, There's you
0: know, nobody in the toll booth.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, everybody we actually interact with, right, registers on some level. And so that was, that was that little detail. And then, you know, this line, which I'm not too sure about, assigned roles, we each played our part, but I had no idea what would happen once we left the only place I knew. So one of the things I've been attending to is that people speculate, they worry and they worry in very specific ways. We worry, you know, we're very good at worrying in detail. What were their rules? Well, there's the attendant and then she's the patient and then the father is the father, right? And yet she doesn't really remember him. And Mm. so, um, yeah. So, um, you saying you'd like to hear that explicitly? Is that a note?
0: I guess I just was thinking if someone has no memory Mm -hmm. and they're assigned a part, how do they know to play it?
1: Well, I mean, I think right now she remembers having been a patient for sort of several, like, many weeks.
0: Well, you later go on to explain that, but I got, so just got hooked there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so then... um, and then, you know, I, I didn't add much, I, but I added, like, everywhere I turned something new leered. Um, I counted the th- rapid throbs of my pulse, a, a grid to contain this onslaught, so a little bit of, like, language. But then um, this part, you know, behind me, the tenant gripped the handles, blah, blah, blah. I would have preferred to walk, so, like, that's a per- personal preference. And then fear assailed me. What if I didn't remember my father, right? So, again, that kind of fear with an anticipatory mm-hmm. specificity. Um, which is just part of life. Like, we're in this moment. We're worrying about the next moment. We're worrying about how it'll go.
0: Did you... Um, I just feel confused. Sorry. Did, are you referring to the edits you've already made? Or are you referring to... Well, these are the
1: edits I made between, like, the last major draft So I, and, and this one that I just printed out last night. So I did two passes. And so these, these are the edits. I, I just
0: made. thought you were going to read the difference.
1: Well, I just read the new one, and now I'm telling you what I added. Oh, okay. Because I think it would be hard for people to hear the differences, really. So oh. I'm just pointing them out. I Could actually... we
0: just do a sentence example?
1: Okay. Um.
0: That wasn't me. That's banned bandit.
1: All right. Let me read the next beat um, both ways. Shall I do that?
0: Well, just if you keep it small, yeah, like keep it so that it's really clear what's different. So you, you all know.
1: right, so, so it used to be, my father pulled up in a big white Lincoln Town Car. Here we are. After so much lying around in a hospital bed all those weeks, I walked like a person learning to move, jerky and robotic, my limbs and belly aching, though it was my brain and not my body that had suffered most. My father held my elbow and helped me toward the curb, or to the curb, he opened the back door. I began to shake, my teeth clattering involuntarily against each other. I'd been learning... Anyway, let's... Well, okay, let me finish. I'd been learning to drive before the accident. My father told me I was already 17, eligible for my license. But that day, leaving the hospital, I balked at sitting in the front seat. Okay, so that's how it was. And then... Um, so I changed it to... Um... Okay, so that to the, I added in that beat about what if I didn't remember my father, right, when he reappeared in this giant, unruly world. And then a big white Lincoln Town Car floated into view, inside the bearded man. Of course I knew him. Here we are, he said, jovial, popping out and coming around to help me. It occurred to me that he was afraid, too. After so much lying around in a hospital bed all those weeks, I walked like a person learning to move, jerky and robotic. My limbs and belly ached, though it was my brain and not my body that had suffered most. My father held my elbow, and we minced toward the curb. He opened the back door. The interior of the car gaped like a hole. I began to shake my teeth chattering involuntarily against each other. My father told me I'd been learning to drive before the accident. I was already 17, eligible for my license. But that day, leaving the hospital, I balked at sitting in the front seat. Everything in me formed a brick of resistance, stiffening me and drawing me away from the vehicle. Can you hear the difference?
0: Yeah, and I mean, but one of the reasons I was wanting you to do something short <laughs> is that, it. well, because I think, you know, I think at the end... There's a big difference, right, between those two pieces, but I'm kind of guessing on the longer. Yeah, length.
1: I mean, you can cheat by seeing it, but you know, so so like um, instead of just my father pulled up in a big white Lincoln Town car, here we are. I have the car come and there he is, and then the of course I knew him like that's mm-hmm. the beat that's in response. So mm-hmm. there's we know her fear, and then we see oh in fact it's not what she feared it's something different, and then he comes out and he's jovial and he's. Um, coming around. And then I added, it occurred to me that he was afraid too. And I right. think guessing about other people's emotions is part of this. And then, um, and then I, I just added like it had been my father held my elbow and helped me to the curb. And I added, and I changed it to my father held my elbow and we minced toward the curb, which I just liked that verb. But anyway, and then uh, he opened the back door mm. and then I added the interior of the car gaped like a hole, which I'm not crazy about, but I think it's an emotional image, like the the the, because she's really freaked out by the car, and I wanted to like amp that up. So it's not just you. Like she, I already had. I began to shake, my teeth clattering involuntarily against Mm -hmm. each other. But I wanted to see what uh, what she was afraid of. Right. And so I added that image, and then the other big thing is I had before it had ended with but that day leaving the hospital I balked at sitting in the front seat and I added the line everything in me formed a brick of resistance stiffening me and drawing me away from the vehicle so that's again it's not I was afraid exactly mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. like but it's it shows what like what the feeling is right well thank you for
0: doing that because I, for me not all of our listeners will be like me. But for me, having a big long chunk and then guess what's different between these two feels hard. <laughs>
1: well, and part of it is that, you know, it's not like every other sentence I added something. And so, you know, that that's why I'm sort of reading, um, you know... Fantastic. A little bit more,
0: so. Well, thank you for sharing that and sharing those examples. And
1: so now it's time for wait. Before we go to steal this, I just can we just circle back quickly and do what do you think about this sort of reaction shot or emotional guide idea? No, you know I think that um like do you see where like like when we get the car like let's say I... you were filming that moment of like opening the car and right. her f- f- how would you sort of show her fear?
0: Well, there's a number of ways, you might actually have her open the car door, see the back of it, right? And the way you shoot that. And again, that one, it's a weird, weird little, like, um, anyway, backing up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you could shoot it in a way that is a POV shot, right? This is how you sort of imagine, you know, she would see this as an as a unending depth, right? Um, but you could also shoot it where she sees it, and then you see her again, right? And she's having a reaction to it. You would definitely capture both. <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily know which one is the right one to use until you've kind of brought everything together.
1: Right. So there we go. Reaction shots, an emotional guide to story.
0: And I think, you know, if we were going to examine this further, I would actually be curious for us to examine at some point, not today, but at some point, when Mamet talks about inflection mm-hmm. and we talk about these sort of reaction shots, how do those two things intersect? Because, you know, this idea that you're telling people how to feel versus creating stuff. So it just, do you know what I mean?
1: Creating what kind of, what do you mean? Well,
0: create? you know. When he, in his On Directing book, right? Yeah, David Mamet's On Directing. He keeps talking about, like, not having inflected shots, right? Mm-hmm. You're just looking at the binder. You're just looking at the clock. You're just looking at these things. So, my guess is that the, you know, I don't really understand his inflection.
1: Well, I think it's just, it's the juxtaposition. It's like the Koleshaw effect, that, like, if you see the actor, if you see the actor's, you know... In well danger or something but
0: does that mean that them. you don't again so then he also feels like actors can also just talk without any expression and the story will still come through so it's just interesting what does inflection mean and how do we avoid when we do these things going too far right because we have these rules about it because very often people tend to um you know you have people who who are beginning, who will just sit there and say, she felt this way. And you're like, why? And then, you know, we all learn the show don't tell. And then it's like, I don't understand what she's feeling, but I get that the tree is droopy. Right. And so it's, it's sort of that balance piece of sentimentality, inflection, emotional resonance, reaction shot. So
1: all right.
0: You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you?
1: No, I, th- I don't think I have no idea, but I think you're right. It's
0: Maybe a you don't story. care.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't remember the name of the author, the book I just finished, and I wish I had my phone so I could look it up, and I'm thinking about the cyborg nature of me.
0: Uh, okay, so while I'm talking, you're thinking about the next
1: thing to say. Always. Okay, great. Not the next thing to say, but what's coming next and how I have to be prepared. Okay, so are you prepared for Steal This? Somewhat.
0: Okay. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What have you come across in your wanderings this week that you would like to steal and make your own?
1: Wanderings and reading.
0: No, just wanderings.
1: <laughs> um, so I read a book called Chemistry. I think her last name might be Wang, W-A-N-G, and her first name might be W-E-I-K-E, which I don't know how to say. We, 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 okay? we okay? But I don't know how to say it, and I might be wrong. But in the show notes, Rachel will have located this fabulous book, which I loved, And she will have done better than me in getting the author's name. Okay. And, um, so I just finished reading it. It's, um, it reminded me of Jenny Ophel's book, Department of Speculation in its style. Mm -hmm. And actually it's about a lot of the effectiveness of both books is about juxtaposition of different moments and memories and ideas as well. Um, and it's a very particular style. Um, and anyway, it, it can sometimes be distancing and sometimes be very intimate. And it it did make me cry. Mm-hmm. It's also about science. So I wanted to read it since my mm-hmm. book is about mm-hmm. science. And, um, you know, I'm not quite, I'm not, it's not exactly what I'm looking to steal right now. Because I'm sort of trying to steal other things on this polish level. Okay. Um, but... I think that one of the things she does brilliantly, maybe I do even, that she brings in backstory late in the book that really changes how I, and I think she, understands, you know, particularly her parents. Mm-hmm. And it's so moving to me. It was just so, so moving. And, so, and part of the project of the character was kind of trying to unearth different memories than the ones she had kind of let predominate in her in her emotional reaction to her childhood or whatever Mm -hmm. but so i think you know i think again and again the piece of moving the backstory revelations back letting them come up you know because part one of our flaws one of our limiting beliefs as people is you know this is how it happened and learning no it happened this other way um I think come um, is sort of a a very like late act two, kind of moment. So that's what I'm going to steal. All right, fantastic. How about you? Um, you learning anything about filmmaking from your PSAs? Um, with the kids?
0: No. No. Uh, but I think watching them struggle with content is really interesting, and and. Uh, The difference between someone being super excited to engage with something, something that's their authentic interest versus something they're told to do uh, is kind of amazing. And so I think the thing I will still steal for this week is, you know, really connecting with my authentic interests and not necessarily the interests that I am supposed to want to do.
1: But what's cool about that project is that, they've seemed to be doing that now, even though they've had to go through different relationships with the pieces. This is a group project with the pieces they were more or less connected to, but they're somehow finding their way to Mm -hmm. connect to what they connect to within a context, a group context. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, we hope that this has helped you somehow in your writing. And we hope you power forward and give yourself permission to do whatever you want to do creatively
0: until next week.